Welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm so glad that you are joining me again for another episode. This one's very special. I'm talking to my good friend, Russell Boast, who is a fantastic casting director and an amazing human being. I adore him and his family and the mission that he is on to level the playing field for actors. Russell is the current president of the Casting Society of America, and he has put so much action into continually trying to make sure actors have access to work, regardless of ethnicity, background, orientation, region, religion, handicapable status. Russell wants to make sure that actors are better represented in the media landscape, and I applaud that. I can't wait for you to meet him if you don't know him already. So without further ado, oh, and just for clarity's sake, I'm pretty sure a do is the opposite of a don't. How could I be this lucky to have Russell Boast in my living room? Russell, welcome. Seth, thank you so much. It's Tuesday morning and I'm here and I'm ready to impart some knowledge, I hope. Yeah, or just be you because right. I love you. I think uh, you're awesome. Thank you. So Appreciate do you that. remember when we first met? I do. I do remember. I had just, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I just got into the board of directors for the CSA mm-hmm. and um, we were- You were a baby casting I, I, was, I was a little casting director. It was uh, six, six years ago. So I'd been casting. I was just new to the CSA world. And um, the first, uh, my first committee that I landed with, because I was kind of handed the committee, was um, the uh, activities committee. And one of the things that I had to do was set up a membership at the annual membership meeting, uh, which I'd never done and had no uh, no clue uh, how to do it. And I was told to call you <laughs> and Ada and and um, and just call you and just kind of talk to you about it and you guys were so gracious you met me at the venue in west hollywood and the venue was sir it was which sir in west hollywood is super like famous now right because of the right. reality shows and stuff and we met you and you were just so kind and invited us to your party and it was such a successful event and um i think we've been friends ever since yeah i think from from that day it was just like there was just like we hit it off and there was um you you just knew the world a lot better than i did and it was really nice to be able to bounce stuff off you guys you know yeah it was fun and that was when you first joined the csa yeah the board of directors yeah but now you're the president and now i'm yes for my sins i'm the president yes (laughs) yeah that is so i mean i don't want to use the word cool because i'm sure it's a lot of work but i feel like you are very well respected for what you do in the casting community. And before I jump into your world of casting and where you come from and all that stuff, I want to ask you about the CSA. Right. So it's an organization of casting directors, even though it's the Casting Society of America, you guys represent or you have members who are in other continents. Correct. So we so we are just over a thousand members now, uh, and that's worldwide. We have members in South Africa, in uh, Europe, Spain, 
uh, there's a ton of countries. We just uh, last in the last two years, we have uh, put together a European board of directors now. Awesome. So we have a European board of directors. Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a big organization and and it's a big support network at the same time as as highlighting um, the importance of casting and and really. Uh, uh, Putting our a positive face in the in the press and 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 educating the world and, and particularly mm-hmm. the industry as to what casting directors do. It's also become a family, you know. And it's over my time on the board, watching it grow from a membership dues organization uh, to to this family of uh, it's a support network where we can call each other and and talk to each other about our days this is a little bit of therapy it's a little bit of a family yeah. it's uh, it's it's grown more than i could ever more than i ever imagined it to grow in terms of that you know yeah it's so awesome dude Thanks. do you know that this podcast is sort of your responsibility we went out to breakfast one morning to talk about a project the csa was doing that i might get involved in and you had mentioned some people from a podcast contacted you Correct. and in my mind I was like light bulb I can talk <laughs> I can do a podcast <laughs> yeah. yeah so this is like a full circle moment it is me. totally the Thank full you. circle and as as I was coming on over here I realized that I still haven't done that podcast <laughs> but I'm sitting here with you which is like first and foremost you know because uh, uh, we love each other we love each other and also and also and also because because you have an appreciation of our community oh, that, I do. that really that really like resonates with all of us I'm I'm so glad because you know what, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I do have an appreciation for casting directors. I think because I was lucky enough to work in a casting office. It started as an internship and turned into a job after a while. And I saw the work that goes into it. And it was nothing like what I had imagined. You know, I imagined if I had a good headshot, I was obviously going to get called in. By the way, I've never had a good headshot. But... <laughs> um, and I love it, and I'm fascinated by all of you guys, and I'm fascinated by the artistry of what you do right. because it's about your choices and actors, and it's about what you see to bring to a character. And especially now, which, by the way, you you have added a lot to the community as far as diversity and inclusion goes, right. and I love seeing casting directors add that and convince their producers that they can morph characters into more than they originally deemed them to be right so i think that's awesome yeah it's it's such an interesting career path for for all of us we were all self-taught and um and that means that there there's a lot of different ways of doing what we do you know it's one of the reasons that i started this training and education program for people for kids who are interested in pursuing a career in casting five years ago it was because I wanted to not standardize the way we did business, but I wanted to be more clear about what the process was so that we could tell the world more about our process and in turn receive accolades for that mm-hmm. process. Because if we, if it's, if it was hard to explain what our job description was because we were self-taught for any reason, um, it was, I believe it was hard for the industry to understand what it is that we were actually doing. Um, so it's kind of like that machine that I've been creating to be able to say to the world, you know, this is, this is what it looks like. This is the, the next generation of casting directors. Um, so that there is a, a clearer understanding of, of what it is that we do in order to then uh, have an appreciation for what it is that we yeah. do because you can't expect people to understand if, who don't understand what we do to to appreciate it is, yeah. was my belief, you know. Um, but it's a really interesting career because I always say it's like 
having two worlds collide. It's 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 having a, some kind of a business acumen at the same time as loving artists and being artistic. And as easy as that is to say out loud, it's a rare find in a human being. You're either mm-hmm. extremely artistic and cannot keep the figures together and, and live in the circus and want to live in the circus and want to run away from the world, or you are, uh, you know, corporate business. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a blessing and a curse in a casting director to be able to navigate those two worlds and be able to play in the sandpit with the circus crowd yeah. <laughs> and then and then and then get on the f- on a conference call with 15 studio executives or the network and the studio and and navigate a what it is a corporate beast you know on the other end of the call um and and be the liaison between those two worlds you know yeah so i never thought about that I, i've always it's why i love the business because i love all of that you know i think uh actors always say you know if if uh Oh, I live in LA, and I, I, you know, my blood, my blood runs on theater. But there's no theater here, and then I get sucked into maybe being successful in the film world. But the 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 the, the life of the theaters isn't there necessarily, you know. Yeah. And for me, it's the same. If I if I ended up in in, in a just in cor- a purely corporate environment, I would miss the working with actors and being in the room and and the creative management of directors and and diversity and bringing all those things together i I would miss that terribly same as if i was just playing in the sandpit all day i Mm -hmm. I really i'd miss the um the ability or the opportunities to really to really navigate a corporate structure in some way you know i love that you just said that a because i've never heard it put that way and b because it relates to us as actors as well because we are the type like we we've got all this incredible imagination that we want to bring to life and we have so much enthusiasm for our artistry but we also have to learn about the business and we have to learn about how to be appropriate when we come in a room so we don't scare you with our big personality and all of our ideas and then when we get to set we have to make sure we don't put everybody off making them think it's all about us right. so it's it's funny that's a another parallel between casting and acting i hadn't thought about before yeah yeah it's really and and i think the more that actors know um about what we do the more informed they are about what we actually do and what our actual process is and you know we talk to actors often about this but it's for me it's about having the actors actually hear what we're saying you know one of the things that I constantly say to actors is there are a thousand reasons that you're not going to get this role or you're not going to get called in for this role that have nothing to do with you mm-hmm. and and actors nod and smile and it makes them feel comfortable for one and a half minutes yeah. and then it's but I'm an actor so that has to be about me yeah. so what am I going to do about my IMDB star meter what am I going to do about my headshots you know I heard this thing that if you wear pink socks to auditions you get a callback <laughs> and I'm like where are these where are these actor myths coming from because because I hear a lot of them and very few of them are actually actually resonate with what's going on the in the mm-hmm. office as you know as you as we, yeah. when we started you know you said the the lesson in being in an office is is how the process has unfortunately very little to do with the actors until they show up and do the good work Mm -hmm. and and you come and you do the great work and and that's all we're looking for you to do and while an understanding of the business helps actors i think when actors get caught up in the process of all of that they forget that essentially their job is to come in and do great work Mm. you know and then it becomes about the headshots and then it becomes about the the should i mail postcards and all these crazy things that that 
uh, that I used to speak to when I was an assistant and now in retrospect go, none of these things are things that I think about during the course of my day. And, mm -hmm. and, and none of them are, uh, very few of them are actually effective tools for actors. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 surprising, surprising comments. You know, the star meter is always my favorite because yeah. getting, getting your, your, uh, your, your star meter up, it seems to be this big thing and I'm just like I've never created a list off of IMD Movie B Pro which is what we do you know often mm -hmm. and I, I have never gone well oh who's this at number 37 you know yeah. interesting let me click on this guy yeah. I skip the one I don't know and just carry on working making that list of the ones that I do know so so I'm not sure what the myth is like where, what is how does it make you appear suddenly of it. I'm glad that you said that because I have gotten confused about that in the past as well because there are all these rumors at one point, I think they're fading now, that the studios only want people with a, a heavy, heavy social media presence. And My so favorite it, topic of the day. Like, <laughs> not just, you know, it comes up on every panel, every discussion, yeah, every time I'm in front of actors right now, it comes up in, I've been doing this around the world for over or over two decades and, and 16 years here in the US. And, and once, once ever, did we come down to a choice between two people and one producer said, um, well, which one has a bigger social media following? Mm. And everyone else burst out laughing, and we hired the person with the lesser social <laughs> media following. So, so and that's just my experience, you know. Yeah, I understand that maybe uh, in some of the kids' worlds, in some of the Disney shows, and some of the, the those in that world, I understand where they may become important. Mm -hmm. I understand in reality, not even reality TV. I mean, I use this analogy, and a friend of mine is a segment producer for The Bachelor, and. You know, from discussions with that person, I know how those shows work and they, they, they clean slate their social media before mm. they come on the show because they can't, it's not real-time tracking. So, yeah. so, so to say, well, you know, I'm going to get hired because of this great social media following, it just doesn't resonate with me at all. And, and what happens is when you pay your dues and you do the work and you, you grow yourself as an actor and you get those co-star roles into those guest star roles into those hopefully a series regular role the social media follows following mm -hmm. follows you know when you're when you've got a huge passion for cats as your social world um that passion for cats is not necessarily going to translate onto a uh, network drama show right you know? yeah totally um what's your story so you're from south africa were you an actor? No, I was ne so 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 I, I like to say I wasn't an actor, but this is kind of true and not true. Um, I was, I was I, as a kid, I got into theater, and I, I ended up being that kid on stage. Um, but very quickly, like through my in my early twenties, I I I realized that my purpose in life was to help all the other actors get uh -huh. more work. You know, I remember I was in a, 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 I was playing Perchek and Fiddler on the Roof, mm. and um, mm -hmm. and I went down to the dressing room right, and 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 all the actors in that show and in every show that I w was doing at that time, um, always were talking about the next production, what role they were going to get next, um, what was going to happen to theatre in South Africa at that time, and and it was always about what was going to happen next and never about, oh my gosh, we're going to go on stage right now. We're in a show. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I remember going down to the dressing room one night and 
these stories were ringing in my head of all these concerns from actors. And I stared into the mirror and I remember seeing myself, looking at myself back and I said, I have to help these people. And, <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, and not knowing what casting was, that was, that was the, the trigger that I was like, all right, I need to not be on, not this side of the camera because it wasn't just on stage. I need mm-hmm. to get off the stage. I knew directing wasn't necessarily my thing. I knew that performing wasn't my thing, but I knew that giving people opportunities that they never really thought that they'd ever have was my thing. And that's why this diversity thing has become so important to me, you know, is using our industry as a voice for underrepresented um, performers or people, human beings on this planet. I think that this is cutting very fast forward to where I am now. But that that kid that looked in the mirror that night was... grabbed a lot of things and and put a lot of things into perspective for me and it was we live we work in this uh, world where we can help people and we can use what we do to really make changes and whether it's changes from someone being like i am really struggling to pay my rent and now i have a house in beverly hills that's one of them uh, and the flip side of that is taking someone who really just never thought they'd have an opportunity like this uh, and, and mm-hmm. believing in them as a casting director and bringing them in and molding them and helping them and working with them to be the product that the producers are looking for uh, and, and, and having them as the producers or the network or the studio sign off on that actor, like it gives me no greater joy. You know? Oh, that's so cool. Would you, do you think if you saw that kid now, like if you could just hop back in time momentarily, would would he pinch himself thinking like this little dream he had to help actors has morphed into this huge worldwide initiative to help yeah, actors? I can't even tell you. So I, you know, um, God bless my dad. I, mean, I, lost, I lost my dad recently and I had to go back to South Africa um, and I hadn't been back uh, for, for, my, for my entire time here in the U.S. I decided when I came to the U.S. that I, I was terrified that if I went back to South Africa, I'd never come back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got wrapped up here and, and, and life happened very quickly over 15 years and, 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 and this became my home. And, and, and then I had to go back. And it was so. F- I actually went back to a, a beach outside of my first apartment that I'd ever rented in South Africa um, as a as a as a young teen as a as a as a twenty year old, and um, I, I almost had that moment. It was the same town, mm-hmm. and I sat on the beach, and I was like, God, I. I live in America now, and I have kids, and I'm, I'm the president of this organization, uh, and I and I hope that I'm doing so much good here, but it was, it, it was a it was a very big moment for me to go. Yeah. Um, wow, that's that's a big journey, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm so appreciative of it, and I um, I'm grateful for it every day of my life, you know. Um, we get to do you know we get to do what we love and and when we're doing what we love we make money you said earlier you yeah. know um uh and and i really do believe that to be true you know i think it's it's takes sometimes takes a while to get to that point and it takes a while to uh understand the value of things yeah and this is especially in the entertainment businesses is our aspirations are for fame or money or power or whatever those things are but but we all what what those things mean to different people are completely different yeah you know and it's i i I use like a little analogy for actors as i say you know i always talk about return on investment and and what what are you what are your goals and what's the return on investment you know and if and if it is just coming in the room for an audition what's the value of that to you Mm -hmm. you know as opposed to like i want to be a star or i just want to be a series regular i like like i think that 
people are so quick to jump onto the wrong playing field when they're not ready or they just haven't really thought about what their value systems are. You know, I'm, I, I've like I've become clear about what it means to me to feel fulfilled in my life, and and it, wow. and but that's an incredibly long and tricky journey yeah. but when you get but there everybody wants you, it. you go yeah and when yeah. you get there you go oh i my it was something about the way that we i perceived fame to be or i perceived success to be mm-hmm. like success for me is is keeping bread on the table paying the bills and being able to spend time with my family at the same time as working in this incredibly powerful medium mm-hmm. and using my voice in this medium um whilst just doing all the things we're doing during the course of the day you know and 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 that doesn't create a sense of complacency. It, it it actually creates more opportunities than just grabbing after that one thing. I think someone said once said to me, um, uh, "If you know what you don't want, everything else is shows up as what you do want." Uh, and 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 so many people go, "But I want this, and I want this, and I want this." Uh-huh. Uh, if if we all stop focusing on our wants and just talked about what we didn't find acceptable, or didn't want. To, pick or choose in our lives the rest would be everything we do want so sort of setting your boundaries so you know like i don't want people to cross this i don't want to feel this way as long as you know where how to separate that then the other stuff falls into the center correct i totally get what you're saying and and by the way i love that you feel fulfilled i love and and that's a feeling and it's hopefully it's ongoing because i think that's literally what everybody wants whether you're teaching school working at the bank you're an actor you're working at a studio whether you're at at home with your kids people just want to feel fulfilled and however they define that you know yeah that's awesome when did the young russell in south africa discover casting so there's a com- there's a couple of stories about this cuz they they kind of came and went at the same time but i think the first moment the real moment i'd done a little bit of commercial casting work um but i was the guy that was responsible for back in the day when there were no headshots taking uh the polaroid pictures of the actors before Mm -hmm. they came into the room i was kind of doing that kind of assisting work but for me the big moment where i discovered it was it was on a movie called beyond borders with angelina jolie and i knew the production company i'd done a couple of commercials with them and um they were doing this this movie up in namibia and they needed to process uh tons of extras we're talking about a thousand extras a day through Mm. makeup hair wardrobe find local people who were would be prepared to play you know play the the play these small roles a couple of speaking roles here and there um but it was mainly going to a foreign land and getting people camera ready for uh, you know before this international uh, uh feature film with um, angelina and clive owen and i think i was just the only crazy i i, I was just the i was just the only crazy guy that they could find who they said you know um <laughs> Will you get in a car? Will you go up? And we, we this is a country where there were 17 different languages. So I wow. had probably seven translators who could talk to everyone um, on my behalf. And um, and we went up into Namibia and we ke- we bust pe- people in for the movie. I, I was in charge of a team of probably 25 of us who were responsible for payments, uh, getting the extras and the speaking roles to different locations, getting them camera ready, processing them through makeup, hair, wardrobe. It's a uh, lot of work. It was a lot of work. And it was just like, it was, it, it was, for me, it was the beginning of that 
that um, world of going out and discovering people you know the the second movie that i did and i did it in a similar way i I went and i just i found township kids street kids basically and i found they needed seven major roles in this movie called the trail and i went and i found i went into the townships and i just sat on a a street corner i put out bread and um knickknacks what do you guys have fritos whatever chips here Uh um and i let the kids come to me and i I talked to them uh, about the fact that a movie was coming into town and that we needed these uh, seven refugees um, to play uh, to play refugees in the movie and had did they know anything about acting or, and, and there was a small group I think I ended up with 20 of these kids and then I worked with them for two weeks um, in in uh, just basically Wait, in the desert coaching them on coaching them yeah tr- wow. coaching them training them getting them to a point where I thought they were uh, presentable for the director and then we presented these kids to the director and we hired seven of them and, oh, and, cool. and now you know I I got a Facebook message a couple of weeks ago from someone, one of these kids, and I totally forgot who it was, and then realized, and he had been trying to track me down for 20 years mm. to tell me that he had now had opened his own swim school in Namibia. He was t- doing wow. so successful, uh, you know, and we paid these kids good money, um, but I set them up with trusts, and I set them up, but we didn't just give them cash. Right. Yeah. I actually set them up for success, and, and one now is now the minister of finance or something in wow. the country. You know, so... How cool. So like those, like, like that was my journey in, yeah. you know, that was kind of my journey in, into, um, being the guy that everyone called if they were coming into Africa to say, we need help finding actors. Mm. And then it became a, a job description, you know? So you were learning as you went and I'm so pleasantly surprised to hear that you were thinking about trusts for these kids and, you know, th- thinking down the line for what this job would mean to their lives. It was funny because I, I was the front line for things like Global Rule One, the SAG contracts. You know, I was always, I was always because I became that guy with the the actors in town. Everyone also expected me to know all the U.S. rules, all the international rules. So I started to do all of that research and homework. You know, um, cutting forward to coming here and and meeting Rick Pagano, who's who is, is a big casting director and my mentor, who I would never have had this career in the mm. States without Rick, you know, um, and who sat me down at a desk one day and said, start answering the phones. And I said, oh, okay, once I got to the U.S., you know. So once you got to the U.S., you you already knew casting was what you wanted to do. So did you make a, a bunch of phone calls to casting directors you had heard of or looked up or did projects that you liked so i didn't i did start to reach out to people and then found this this incredible little pocket of people who do equity waiver theater in la and for me it it i was in a new country in a foreign country i didn't know anyone when i came here and when i decided to come here and stay um it was it was really scary for me i I didn't i I knew no one i Mm. the 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 friend that i was lucky enough to stay with who's still my best friend on this whole planet um she let me stay in her house and but she was a friend of a friend and and then I just started sending out resumes and then found equity over theater and there was a South African production happening who were looking for someone to help them out and I went in and helped this this South African kind of production because it felt familiar which led me to meeting Rick who was at the time also doing theater and said um oh come on over and work with me on this play and I said, I'm actually in casting as well. And he said, sure, just come into my office <laughs> and cut forward to whatever. We, I worked with Rick for eight years, you know. Wow. Know. Yeah. That is so cool. I, I have a question about the production that you were doing in Africa that you said you had to learn, like, the SAG rules and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not 
not sure if you still know the answer to this, but I'm, I'm curious anyway. When a production like that comes from the U.S. into Africa, do they have to follow SAG rules or would it be local rules? So this is the thing about the global rule run, and I'm so glad you asked me this question because I do not know the answer. But it takes me full circle because um, now, as the president of CSA, you know we have a work group with SAG, mm-hmm. and the CSA has a work kind of a sit down group with SAG. And one of the things we in discussion with right now is doing a webinar for the rest of the world, for all our members around the world, that will be uh, SAG will then present exactly what it is that global rule oh, one good. means, yeah. how it works, how it shouldn't work. Uh, and and I'm going to, you know, we, we are inviting all the other casting organizations to this call. It'll that's be a so big cool. worldwide webinar because that same question like you've just asked me, it gets asked of me all the time. Like, Russ, you're from Africa. Uh, do you know about this rule? And I'm like, I did 20 years ago, but so much has changed. Yeah. And I think if, if the world is still asking, then I think it's something that we should offer up. You know? Absolutely. I love that idea because I think about that often because right? right. I know people who travel for work and and how that works. And, and with Global Rule 1, too, it's so vague. To be, by the way, Global Rule 1 is that an actor or a SAG member should not be on camera, basically, unless it's with a SAG production but Correct. or a SAG-affiliated production. I sometimes think, well, what about what happens when you're in an audition room and you're taping an audition? Like, the, the times have changed. There's cameras everywhere. Right. So I am curious as an actor, and, and maybe that's something I should contact SAG about and see if, hey, maybe you could talk to the acting community directly about this. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we hope to do this with SAG and then segue into equity contracts around the world. And, and really, we're we starting this as kind of a trial run, but I think I hope it will be successful. And then, yeah, to open it up even to actors and not just the casting community. You know, I'm, I'm always about the more informed the casting community community is about diversity about all the rules about what it is we do and the do's and the don'ts um the the better prepared we will be to inform others you know and, and to mm-hmm. hand that over but but certainly it's something that that, that would help actors as well sure. yeah totally and right now I, I think you're really well known for doing awesome gritty television work a lot of you. really your shows are kind of impeccable i mean you hire actors and you obviously starts with the writing and and all of that stuff and then your taste do you love the medium of television or do you do still like to do films and plays just as much Oh, it's such a, it comes and goes you know it comes and goes for me i when i started out um I believe I thought that my whole world would be in the independent film mm-hmm. world just because because I'd come from movies like Beyond Borders I'd come from a world where I all I knew was not only casting but being on set because we had the luxury back in South Africa of we would find the actors train them get them ready but then we'd almost become what is known here as a second AD and we'd stay on for the entire shoot in order to make sure that the actors showed up that contracts Mm -hmm. were signed that all those rules were followed Um, I became that guy so I had the like a full service experience in South Africa and then came here and was handed this job well and and learned that the job kind of ended once shooting started and, Mm -hmm. and we were done and 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 I still kind of m- miss that mm-hmm. in some way, you know, just the experience of being on yeah. set. But um, 
totally digressed. What was the question? <laughs> no, no, you were, you were doing it about your love for casting it and does right. it go beyond oh, TV television? and film. So, yeah. so yes, yes, yes. So, 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 so that's so that's why I thought uh, totally it's going to be the film world is going to be my thing until yeah. I, until that cutoff started, and then I was like, oh, I'm missing something, and it was something to do with pace, and it was something about the involvement with. Uh, team and being part of the crew in some way and and it mm-hmm. felt strange for me to just hand a movie off and then not know how it was going or like only get a call if something was going not going well mm-hmm. and yeah. not being part of the experience yeah. whereas in television I quickly realized um I started to do some just support work with Debbie Manuela, who was Rick's partner at the time on 24 on the series, you know, and I realized that that was, they were up in Chatsworth and in the middle of like stripper heaven. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, and they, and that, but they were part of the crew, you know, they were shooting on location. The mm-hmm. office was on location. Um, they were turning cast around like episode by episode. And I was like, they were seeing actors all the time. And, and, and I was like, well, this feels more familiar to me than sitting around waiting for an offer phone offer to be accepted yeah. you know right um so so quickly i kind of segued into television going like well i, I love the, i love the pace and i love the the management of the corporate structure mm-hmm. um as much as i love just hanging out with the director having a coffee and talking about visions and yeah, and right. fulfilling some kind of a creative need i, I missed the pace and i missed it and i found that back in television you know and then yeah and then have been just lucky enough to have like short-lived shows but shows that for me were very very in sync with what I love to do and mm-hmm. and it is really surprise people with casting you know is is I, I try wherever possible and 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 my partner now Deb and I are now partners and we try wherever possible to really do think outside the box is such an out overused phrase but to to go I know what we're seeing on the page here but but is that really what it would look like mm-hmm. is this if you walked into a bank you say the word banker and and a couple of images arrive but i'm not sure if those i want to always look at those images that have arrived and say did they arrive because i've seen this on television or in films before Excellent. or did they arrive because i just went to deposit a check right now and i saw that person and 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 that's always my question every yeah. time i'm reading a script or breaking down a script or starting to look for actors is the question becomes, um, is this from what I've learned from television, this, this image that is coming to mind? And, 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 and every now and then I'll just test it out. I'll be like, well, let me just go to a restaurant <laughs> yeah. of that caliber, uh-huh. sit down and look around me. And so often it's completely not, it doesn't look anything like what we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. And I, so and I want to change that because I think that when you do change that, the audiences subconsciously go oh there's me mm-hmm. oh this is cool i'm that oh my that actually just looks like my neighbor yeah. that is like my neighbor's dog and they tune in i don't even think it's subconscious anymore i think people make a make a point to yeah. understand that they're represented and they talk about it in chat rooms they you know talk so about their friends like, yeah it's so yeah. so much these days and it's to a point now where it's like i feel like the industry is almost scrambling to keep up with the demand as much as everyone's like all the con- there's so much content out there that's overwhelmed with content and i'm like there's also an overwhelming demand for authentic content mm-hmm. and i think that that's 
there's this this desperate catch up game happening right now where it's like we know we we do want to do the right thing. Everyone wants to do the right thing. Like I really do not believe that there's anyone in our profession, or very few people, but there's there's no one really. We're we're all artists. Mm-hmm. Like there's none there's no one in this business that is like we shouldn't be doing that. Everyone knows yeah. what it is. We're just not sure how to do it. Got it. And and yeah, and that's really what it. It's like it's an exciting time to watch watch us try and catch up with our audience's demands. You yeah, know? I love that, and I know that you've been spearheading that and it's been at the forefront of your mind for years before it became a realization in in the actual world do you find that producers who in television the the writers are usually producers and the people who wrote these scripts do you find that they're open now to you making suggestions like that even if it's contrary to what they were thinking when they wrote the script I, I definitely do. I, I, you know, we always like on, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be on, on panels with the most incredible, uh, the incredible, incredible advocates and, 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 and actors. And, and, and it's almost become a running joke now that, you know, when this discussion about diversity started five years ago, um, that's <laughs> when everything kicks in, you know, and, 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 but I think in those five years, we've come a long, a long, long way, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yes, is everyone being represented? No. Will everyone ever be represented? No, you know, um, I, but I do think that everything, everyone in, and including the showrunners and the writers are trying to do not even do the right thing they they're realizing that we have in some circumstances misrepresented uh certain groups um and 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 that misrepresentation has in some way been harmful and has become a thing Mm -hmm. like the that perception of what a banker looks like you know and and i think everyone's going oh like it's almost our our duty to to kind of undo some of that and 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 really go back and say well it's not all beautiful and it's not all glamorous and it's not all great makeup and hair um sometimes people just have a shitty day and that's okay you know um and and yeah i think that the openness to to explore that is 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 so great right now that's incredible and, and 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 for me it's you know especially talking to actors as actors are actors there'll never be enough work you're never going to get that role that you always want. There will always be someone playing the role that you wish that you had and think that you should be playing and could have played better. Um, that'll never go away. And that has really been apparent for me. I'm working across the board with performers with disabilities in the trans community and Manasa, which is the Middle Eastern, North African, South Asian community. And you know, now we're talking to the seniors as a community and we're about to do a, an indigenous people open call. All these underrepresented groups are saying the same things, and they're saying exactly the same things as all actors say. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something to be said about that. You know, historically, we need to go back and fix the problem. I think, and and really like focus on that. But I, I always, I want, I want everyone to remember that we are all in this sandpit together, and the way that we really play is we understand that and then and then really work together to yeah. make a difference we we're not curing I cancer we're in the entertainment yeah. business and i say you know the there's this desire in hollywood to cure cancer uh, and i'm not talking about physical cancer obviously but yeah. just that 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 m- methodology of so high strung in the entertainment business and i'm like oh get get off it guys like we didn't we never wanted to be this we wanted to play in the circus we wanted to run away hide from the world and 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 make sure no one knew where we were so so why are we putting so much energy into this desperate 
thing that is ambition or diversity or whatever it is like we are all the right people to talk to absolutely we just have to do the talking you know? one of the things that really aggravates me i mean t- to no end is i will read comments on let's say a deadline or hollywood reporter article and i don't know where this idea springs from but people like to blame casting say in the in the comments not in the article saying that you know after they just go home, they don't do anything. They, it could be fully automated, and that's such bullshit. And it it bothers me to no end. For one of the things that you just said, all of this work that you're doing, you're doing it outside of your job. You are educating people. You are including people. You are spending so much of your life's blood on trying to make sure actors have access to the one thing they want to do which is act and i really am for the casting community getting more recognition and getting more opportunity to spread the love and spread the word and make money at it and the acting community should be the first people to support the casting community in my opinion yeah i appreciate that you know and it and it does go back to that thing of of what it is that we do you know and i think that that's something that's that I am a little concerned about right now, watching the next generation of casting directors coming up behind us, you know, uh, because what what we've done is is because we haven't had any kind of formalized training, we haven't necessarily created a, a, a big legacy or a big uh, sense of history behind us. And without history, you can very quickly fall into the world of technology and forget about what it is that Mm -hmm. a casting director does, you know, and for everyone listening, if you haven't watched the documentary casting by Mm -hmm. like go and watch casting by right now, because what I'm going to speak to now is exactly what is, is contained in that documentary. And it's like, it's going back to Marion Doherty and and our kind of our predecessors um, and, and really putting a, a landmark flag in what it is that we used to do, what it is that we love about being with actors and working with actors and knowing actors and sitting with directors and having creative conversations for all the technology that has now become available for us. Uh, there are the, for, for the amount of access that everyone has to us, I think there's a tendency to forget about what it is that we do mm-hmm. and it really is to sit with actors and develop their careers and fulfill creative visions of producers or showrunners or directors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an, an incredibly important creative part of what we do that, that I fear is getting lost somewhere in technology. And and it's that 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 ability to move really quickly, select a bunch of actors, get them in the room and get them hired is becoming this this trend that certainly was, n- I did not want to be an administrator when I got, in- I got into the right. business because I love actors and I love being part of the creative process. I am a terrible administrator. And, um, and now I'm finding that the future of casting is starting to look like this kind of administrative thing, which it is not, it's not right. that at all, you know? And, and it's, it's not, it's about, watching a, an actor's career, breaking someone's career at an early age and then watching and tracking that actor until that actor becomes part of your family. Mm-hmm. And then that family grows together and then we start to do business together and then we start to create shows together. And, and I love that. You know, it's, it's so, that's so important for me. You know, on, this, on the training program I mentioned a little earlier, um, 
one of the, th- the things that the, all the students have to do before day one is their pre-course work is to watch Casting By and then we dissect Casting By and the history of casting um, on the very first day within the very first four hours of the program because I don't want those kids to forget where we or not understand where we came from Excellent. and how important that is. Yeah. You know, Because without all of that, um, we will just become this administrative turnover function. you know. But I want to say just put the brakes on for one minute and spend five yeah. minutes with an actor. Uh, when an actor's self-taping and you think they... Mm, they were okay, um, but they just didn't quite get the notes they were in the room. Get on the phone with the actor, talk it through, and see if the actor can redo the work just like you would in the room. Like the the lack, the the we the we we're losing this thing, this relationship thing that we had in the room where mm-hmm. we can actually guide an actor through the through the process, and that that's that's concerning. It's it's yeah. I understand that it helps speed wise. I understand all the good things. I get it. But what I want to be able to do is say what wait a minute wait, everyone breathe all right what are we actually doing here like who like let's talk about the role let's talk about not who we know let's talk about who we could bring in that's different for let's have all yeah. of those conversations you know i don't I'm, I'm adamant that we won't lose that yeah i and i i don't think it's possible i hope it doesn't i hope it's not possible because as we talked about earlier casting is its own art form part of that art form is your taste and part of that art form is your ability to speak the actor's language, to get what you need from them, to see if you can elevate them to the point where they're going to get the role and have a, a career. So, I, and I know exactly what you mean as far as the the self tapes go. There's certainly removes a level of relationship we and can, intimacy. We can't do our job. You I, know, we yeah. can, we cannot effectively do our jobs. And I know it's become the way of the world, and I understand why. But then I think that we need to really, like, we have to revisit yeah. what it is that we do and go, and, and, and I do it all the time, and it's, uh, the agents get frustrated, and I'm like, don't get frustrated with me, I'll just get the actor on the phone. Like, I, 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 I want to get, I want to talk to this actor, because, yeah. because that's what we do. I actually talk about this topic on my podcast all the time with casting directors, because it, it hurts me, I think, personally, when everything is just a self-tape and I congratulate casting directors who still do in the room producer sessions because that's important too. And I think that you have just come across a nice little compromise that I had not thought of before because one of the things about self-tapes is you rarely ever can get a redirect. Normally they see 10 seconds and if you don't hit it, that note within 10 seconds or they're not interested in the tone of your voice, it's gone. But if there's something there, and the casting director communicates like, "I'd like you to try this." Right. You know that that adds something well, back at least. Like the historically, you know, like like in the European productions, still do this where it's where it's a meeting with the director and they sit and they talk. You know, and it's like it sounds so old school now to say that relationship is is as important as the work. You know, um, but it is as important as the work. And I and I think that the quality of production suffers when that work hasn't been done properly. Mm-hmm. You know, so when there hasn't been an opportunity for the casting director to really mold the performance and then have a discussion with the director about why they're bringing in a particular person and why they think that person is right for the role and 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 maybe changing a perception in terms of what was on the page and those are all discussions that that are much better done face to face in the room at the time when an actor has come in and gone out of the room mm-hmm. um, not having the opportunity to do that just gets a, a yes or a no 
and and like a no is not really helpful. A yes is obviously helpful, but a, but a no is not helpful because then what do we what do we do next? Mm-hmm. Like when it's just a no, then moving on is hard without any information right you know and i just like i i I miss that i'll be i'm I'm just that pain in the ass it's going to be like but but just tell me why not Mm -hmm. because i'm going to hold you to it but because i want to be able to understand what it is that if the producer or the director's in the room and and said oh hell no the minute an actor walked out and i turned to them and said oh why and then we had that discussion i could really course correct you Mm -hmm. know and it would help me and it would help the actors you know, yeah, it's brilliant. I sound so old school. No, not at all. I think it's brilliant. I, I think there are some things that just can't change. They shouldn't change. Right. You know, it'd be like eating your favorite food if it was a pizza, and all of a sudden somebody said, "Well, it'd be much faster to take this pizza pill." Right. Like you, I would miss chewing on that cheese. I just think it's and it, and it really does affect the quality of what's being produced. Yeah. I really do believe that. You know, I think that that that's. Um, you start to cut out steps and, and then you lose stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And when people, young filmmakers will say to me now, you know, well, we could never afford a casting director. We're doing a web series. You can't, we don't have money to hire a casting director. And I'm like, find someone who's interested in casting and ask them to help you with your mm-hmm. project. Because that's almost like saying to your set designer, I need a table and chairs, but I don't, I can't give you a table and chairs. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not, it's, it's that important, yeah. you know. So when you start to like cut back on steps, um, the quality you're going to lose a part of the some of the colors on the canvas are going to go away mm-hmm. you know that's how I believe totally know. agreed going back to the, the 24 experience you had and that the casting office was right there on the stage area and you guys had access to the production do you like to make sure that your offices still are close to your productions for that same reason? God, I wish, you know, and we don't have the luxury of that. We seldom have the luxury of that, and, and we did. We, we were fortunate enough to have the uh, to have it on Wicked City for ABC, you know, and that was and it's it's a luxury these days because mm-hmm. because a number of our shows, uh, Insatiable, which is running on Netflix, you know, went uh, to Atlanta, and a lot of we lose a lot of shows. Right. Um, so it's so rare to to have that mm-hmm. you know I, we were lucky enough on on the fix to be at the disney lot and and it, and it's so it's so nice to be able to go on set and and just see how things are going or attend a table read live or mm-hmm. get to know the actors and this is the other part of it is that without like because our it's so our de- us developing our relationships with actors is so important and a lot of those opportunities are, are not available to us anymore, and and you know it's why we end up at the rap party and everyone's like, "Oh, what's your name again?" You know, yeah, you know, yeah. and then that's not like like people get so upset by that. But I'm like, yeah, but we kind of created that vacuum, you know. For me, it was like I said earlier, it was a bigger shock for me because I got to a second AD through a shoot. So then to be that guy that no one remembered at the end of the shoot, it's it's. Mm-hmm. It's what it is, you know, and it's what it is, and it and it is also why I think that people underestimate casting because we're not there really in the dirt of it all in the thick of it getting up at five in the morning and and hanging out and having coffee with the actors and talking to the director all day and having a breakdown about a scene that doesn't feel right and 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 there's it, it becomes an emotional family you mm-hmm. know we're not necessarily we, we we are we introduce everyone to each other and we say you guys are going to be a family and then we send the family off on vacation yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> do you like to hear about an actor's experience on set somebody that you hired i do i do i really i mean i i do and i don't i i 
I we unfortunately only here we we seldom hear when the work is great. We mm-hmm. always hear when it's not great. And luckily, I haven't had too many reports on on not great work. But but it's important, you know. It is it's important for me to hear because I would like to give my filmmaking team a, 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 an excellent experience, mm-hmm. you know. So when I hear that an actor has not only done great work but has just has become part of the family, I'm like, that's that's good to know. Amazing. You know? That really yeah. that makes me want to fight harder for that actor next time. You know, that makes me really want to like be a champion for that mm-hmm. person because you know, knowing where I come from, for me, it's all about the life experience like like the work is the work but it's are we having a good time that's paramount for me through all of it so you know it's it's nice to hear when when actors have shown up and been good human beings awesome and do you kind of wish that you could be the person to tell an actor that they were hired because normally we hear it from our agents and managers and you get to tell them but it's not the same as is hearing our excitement I'm not sure. I've never. That's a really good question. I've never thought about that. I, I, I think. I think if my answer to that is yes, I would. Uh, yes, I would love to be on the phone and, and hear the excitement and the joy. Uh, we do hear it from the agents. You know, we okay. can hear it. I've, yeah. I've got to. I've got to know a, a lot of the agents, and I can tell when they're super excited. Uh, you know, about uh, someone who, who's got a gig. Um, right, because they're rooting for their clients. Correct. You know, but for me. It's not part of my day, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and it is something that I think like the relationship with a manager or your relationship with an agent like deserves that phone call to come from that person who's really like spending a lot, a lot has, has committed to a long term relationship with you. Not that I haven't, but you mm-hmm. know, you kind of in and out of our doors, and and yeah. that's really your home. Um, that's a good point, you know. So I, I. I Look, I would love it personally. I just don't think that it's the, the right space and time. And mm-hmm. then, of course, if that is what it is, then we should also be making the calls to say you didn't get the job. And I'm not a fan of that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, and that's it, a good I'm point. Not a, I'm not a big, you know, it's it's tough when we're doing network uh, when we're doing network tests, you know, and 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 they make a decision in the room, and we have to step out of the room and make those calls as quickly as possible because the last thing we want is an actor finding out on deadline that another actor got the gig, you know. And oh, it, so for testing, you you tell the people who didn't. So it. so what we do, yeah. So so generally, as soon as we can get ourselves out the room and a decision, a formal decision has been made, um, and and we are told by business affairs that we we good to go. Um, like that's. I try and make those calls so qu- as fast as possible because I just I know what it would feel like to me to yeah. go like oh you were you were about to get that big movie to cast and then found out that someone else is casting it on deadline the day you thought you may get the gig it's it's yeah. it yes Crushing it's out. not easy being an actor and and sometimes you just have to chin up and and live with those things yeah but my nature is to try and avoid that if possible you know yeah absolutely that's smart what's your favorite thing about being in the room for auditions. Do you like reading? Do you prefer to stay? So no, back so I'm not, a, not, a, not big on reading at all. I, I try never to read. I, I think I think my accent throws people off a little, which is mm-hmm. strange. Even after 15 years, I've kept my accent. But I think that an accented person, not only when the actor has an accent and is doing an American accent, but just mm-hmm. in general, I think there's a moment of a glitch that happens where they're like, oh, 
what did he say? Uh, you know, so, so I, I, I did read when I first got to this country with even a stronger South African accent than I still have. Um, and I got a lot of like, whoa, in, in the first beat. And I think the first beat is so important for an mm-hmm. actor not to be going, whoa, where's his accent from? So, so I chose not to do it then. And then actually realized right. that I wasn't a great, act, uh, wasn't a great reader, um, that it's better to have an actor to read with an actor. You know, I just think that I always, this is an analogy that everyone who's ever heard me speak say is, I say, if you get the reader the role, you'll get the role, which means that that relationship with the reader is is so intimate and so personal. And, and, and I know that actors don't always have the luxury of a good reader, but the reader can make or break the actor's audition, mm. you know? So there's that. And then, and then I like to watch actors. I don't like to, when I'm reading, I'm in, feel like I'm engaging. I'm, part of the scene and I actually want to watch the experience and not be part of the scene necessarily. So that's, um, that's what I do in the room. For me, it's that moment when an actor just lets it go and does the work. And then you see at the end of the scene, they almost come out of it and, and, and look at you like, um, Oh, how was that? And mm-hmm. it was amazing. Yeah. And and when when the actor is the, the the human being has dropped out of it and the performance has taken over and then the actor looks up at me and goes with the little deer in headlights look and I go, That was amazing. Yeah. Like there's there's nothing more Yeah, there's there's, there's that is it for me. You know what I mean? That really yeah. is it where I just can see that and then and then and then over time watch actors' careers, you know, and mm-hmm. go like I told you so, you know. Someone who's just been, oh man, just doing these these you know, you know under fives forever and ever and doing great work, and I'm like, just just give it time, give it time, uh, and and they, and then they come in and the right guest star role just clicks and it's the right time and it's the right place and the that happens, um, you know, all the way through to watching. I've had the luxury of having guest stars who are then were you know and then who, who whose roles were then made into series regular yeah, roles and shows and I'm like for me I'm just like like I told you I told you so and they still can't believe it yeah <laughs> you know? that is amazing do you find that actors who come into your room if they're newer actors is it harder for them to take direction is that about experience or is that about innate ability to act I think that it's I think it depends on the on the actor you know I, I particularly with and I use the, the example of kids you know with kids when they like they get what coached into a corner you know and I just like what I want from a kid is I want a kid to be raw and, and I'm talking about this as and actors who no, don't have a tremendous amount of training is there's mm-hmm. a rawness and a sensitivity yeah. and there's like a lack of a little bit of there's a little bit of danger and it's like sometimes I have to stop myself and be like but uh, can this person be on set and will they make it through a day yeah. right um, but I do want that very interesting part of that person who may be a little bit of a risk. Um, there's something that I, I love about that performance, um, which sometimes comes with just being undertrained or not, not really, yeah. you know, not, not, not having, not having too much experience that I give a note and the actor looks at me cause I, I, I know that look, man. And the actor gives me the look like you're right. And then does exactly what they just did. But because mm-hmm. that's the only way they've done it, that's right. the way they know it, and that's the way they think is right. And my job is to listen to sessions, listen to producers, listen to the session the day before. And I know that what they've just delivered is not right because I've heard the director tell other people it's not right. And I mm-hmm. go, no, let's back off. Let's try this. And the actor can't do it. For me, it speaks to them not being directable on the day. 
Yeah. You know, so so I mean, that's kind of in and out of your question. But, no, 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 that's you know, exactly my question. It really is. It's 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 it depends on the person. You know, it's the same as the the age old question: Should I be off book or on book? I mm-hmm. don't, I don't know the answer to that. Like yeah. like some actors are amazing. They pick up a piece of material, they walk in with it, and they fly. Some actors, if they're not off book, like just struggle their way through the whole thing. Like I don't know the answer. You, there's a lot of questions that actors ask us that I turn back on the actors and go, I can't help you with that. Mm-hmm. You need to know what kind of actor you are. Yeah. You know, I, the answer that you gave about the direction was brilliant and that you actually psychically linked to my next question, which was where does your redirection, where do they, where do your notes come from? Do they come from the fact that you know the producers and what they want or does it come from that you're, just want to see how flexible the actor is. So that also depends on it's, it's kind of circumstantial. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it more often than not is because I know what we're looking for, and I've heard yeah. we've had either creative conversations or I've actually been in the room with the director and producer or showrunners. Um, um, you know, in the same session, looking for the same role the day before. Um, it's that, and then every now and then, it's like I really like that. I'm not sure. Uh, and then I'll give a, a redirect, and sometimes I'll mm-hmm. give like a crazy redirect because I'll go. I, I, there's something in there. I'm not sure that I'm seeing what I need to see. Um, let's throw him a real curveball and just see how it goes. Yeah, you know. And 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 uh, and I'm the first to say, look, this note may not make sense at all, but just let's give it a run, right? And then we'll go back. And 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 sometimes it's confusing for actors, and I see actors get in their heads about it and 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 then this mini train wreck starts to happen and that's the point where i say you know let's do it once more just for you yeah and then all the little parts of the train wreck collide yeah sorry for saying train wreck but they collide (laughs) and the magic happens yeah you know that's amazing i think part of that is the actors i know this happens to me sometimes when i get a redirection i feel like i have to do it instantly without taking the time to Think about what that does to the dialogue. Right. And I, I think if we were brave enough to say, you know, could I take two just seconds take minute, for this? Yeah, just take a minute and yeah. just, just, just work through it quickly on the page. Because we understand that, you know. And I think that, that actors become afraid of not... not uh, actors ask a lot of the wrong questions and then become afraid of asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. You know, like, could I just have a minute, of course, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're coming in and you're doing a huge dramatic scene for us. Like, I don't expect you... It, it, like, I don't want you to have to walk in and be like, hey, and give me a big hug and then go into tears. Like, like I would like to hope that we know what we're doing, we know what the day is going to be like, we know it's going to be a tough day on actors, mm-hmm. whatever the process is going to be for the day, so we set up the environment in the right way, you know? I'm, I'm always mindful of that, you know? I just think that that another one of our many jobs as casting directors is to give actors the space to do their best work, which for me means being supportive, means being encouraging, means creating a safe space in the waiting area, which means creating an incredibly safe space in the room then you get to see the actor fly yeah. you know uh, you do you you work you contradict any of those things and you it's going to be a struggle and you're not going to get the performance you were looking for agreed you know? that's one of the things i'm most proud of this podcast for and even though there's only seven people who listen maybe maybe in the future there'll be more but when i come into an audition room these days i normally feel quite at ease because I know a lot of the people that I'm going in for and a lot of actors don't have that that access so I feel like listening to you and and learning about you 
is another way around that. When they come into the room, they're not intimidated to meet somebody right. new and scary. It's like, okay, you know what? I, I, I know this guy a little bit. I, I have another way of putting that, of exactly what you just said, and just putting it in a different way for actors, is we want to work with our friends, right? We want to work mm-hmm. with peers, right? We don't necessarily want to work with someone who says, please give me a job. No. Um, we we also need a job. Like, I'm like, please give me a job. And the actors <laughs> are like, hey, Russ, could you uh, heat me up and give me a job? And I'm like, uh, dear so-and-so, uh, certainly, if you could also give me a job, that would also be really cool, <laughs> yeah. you know? Because you, you want to work with your friends, right? Yeah. So I think that that you have the luxury of knowing a lot of us. I think that it's also the ability to be in the waiting area and go, I want to make this movie with these people. Mm-hmm. I don't need this job, even if you do. Yeah. Um, I just, I want to be part of this team and I want to be a peer of this casting office. Right? Yeah. And straight away, it a Absolutely. whole lot of great work happens and a whole lot of actor myths fall out of the window. Right, and then you, you, then you allowing yourself to come in and do the best work. You know, I think that's so smart. Well put. I have always wanted this to happen, and I wonder what a casting person's perspective is when an actor gets an appointment with your office. I would love for the material to be accompanied by a photo of the room that they're going to be reading in, because sometimes when you go in for an appointment. You go in and the, the room is surprisingly large and the camera is much farther back than you would have expected. And sometimes it's super close. And how you and then an actor has to make a, a millisecond adjustment with how they deliver their lines to the reader who may be across the room and may not be standing anywhere near where you pictured in your mind. What do you think of the idea of giving the actor the opportunity to see the room first? Another great question, and it's kind of I'm segueing me back into something else, but I'll come back to this. A lot of the work that we've been doing, particularly with performers with disabilities, is making sure that the just like I said with all actors, that the space is safe. Which for mm-hmm. me, the space being safe for performers with disabilities is what the front gate is going to look like, access to the studios, where they're going to park, how they're going to get to the office location when they get there, where um, where accessible parking spots are, where wheelchair ramps are, like. That is crucial, in my mind, information to give out when you give out the audition appointment, okay? In, in, the, yeah. in the spirit of creating a safe space yes. for those actors, it's very, it becomes incredibly important as to whether we will have a, uh, a music stand in the room to hold the sides if they are deaf or, or hard of hearing actors. Um, so all these, so, 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 so this, the picture of the room for me goes like, absolutely. Like if that's going to help your process, then I'm like, I'm all for it. Then another part of me goes, it is also your job to come into the room and be like, this is, this is it. This is what the space True. is and figure it out. You know, I think that I know that there will be listeners to this podcast when it's this hundreds of thousands of people <laughs> listening who, who will say, you know, that's part of the actor's job. Yeah. I'm kind of with you on it, on it in terms of, I think it's a really good idea. I think that it is any way that we can create a safe space knowing what you guys are up against, knowing that the sides were changed this morning, mm-hmm. that there was a rewrite and the producers do not want to see the old scenes at 2 p.m. And, and we become the fall man for all of this information that needs to be communicated really quickly. I think that it, uh, it's a fun thing to try. 
Yeah. I think I'm going to steal that and try it and see how it goes. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. I think there will probably a lot of people who will say that's ridiculous. It's the actor's job. And it may be. It's just what's on my mind. Sure. Another thing is that you just brought up about the rewrite that happened that morning. When an actor comes in and they're, they've prepped one way and then the new material comes in a couple hours before they come in to perform it for you, mm. does that make it a little bit more forgivable in the casting's eyes that it, it, it might be a little raw? You know, I, and, and apologies to my studio network friends up front of saying this, you know, is, is it's, we understand it's a challenge. Um, the, the, the important part of it is that the sell of it, right? So, so when there's a, a last minute rewrite and we get given this new scene, um, the objective is to get you hired, right the discussions about the rewrite on the scene have been going on for a day or so maybe unbeknownst to us right and and they are crucial to the success of the piece right so so there's a scene that is hasn't been working for the network and the network are having doubts which you don't want the network to be having and they decide they they need a rewrite on that particular scene that's the same network that are going to view the tapes watching the people say the new lines. Mm -hmm. If the actors come in and are somewhere in between, which is why we have to turn it around so quickly, um, it doesn't, there's a disconnect right there and it doesn't help our cell of the actor mm -hmm. at that point at that structure within the structure. It. Does that make sense? You totally know? makes so, sense. So yeah. it really is like, like if that's happened, as a casting director, I'm very mindful of it. So I'll work a little more. I'll say, let's just relax. It's hopefully right. just you and I in the room, you know, and, and, if, and if it's the luxury of just you, you and I in the room, I'll take the time with the actor because I know what the experience is like. I know what, what it is. I, I, don't, I, want, I want you to get hired. I want you to get the job. Um, I also understand why um, I need to sell you in a particular way in, within that very moment. And I think that's, I don't, I don't know that actors know that. The, all no, they all no. they know is oh they just changed the scene at the last yeah, minute. Yeah, that's always know. Um, and it's always important to explain that side of it because it's because I can't sell you on the old scene. It's gone. It's not part of the show anymore. Yeah. You know? And have you ever had somebody come in and say, you know what? I know there's new sides, but can we just can I just do the one I perform I prepared? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm, I'm still like I'm forgiving, you know, and I'm like whatever's going to get you, get you the job. You know, it becomes hard. Uh, there's, yeah. there's, it becomes hard for us. Sometimes we get told, like, just you, you cannot do that. You cannot yeah. present the incorrect scene. And, and, and then I'm like, well, this may not get you. We may not even be able to get you the job if you don't do the new scene. Right. You know, this Tricky. is in a very, at a very high level, corporate level. Yeah. You know, there's right. a lot of flexibility in here. I don't want people to get nervous about oh, this. No, yeah. But I do want them to understand why it becomes increasingly more difficult. And, you know, and it's why when an actor walks in and goes, you know, I just got this this morning. And I'm like, I am so aware of that. Yeah. Like, thank you for telling me. But my office has just turned this over in 48 seconds. Yeah. And we are more stressed out than you are about this. So thank you for your comments. Let's just do the work. Yeah. You know? totally. <laughs> I think a lot of those comments, just FYI, or actors don't actually believe that you just got it. They think their agent right. decided to wait till morning to send it. Right, right. And, and that's, the poor hap that, that's too, happened yeah. too, yeah. but you know, it's it, there's you know, it, it's a it's a it's a machine that moves very quickly, but it sometimes doesn't move quick enough. Yeah, you know, in order to do the best work, which is really what I'm trying to allow you to do, um, you know, I don't, I, did, I 
I just I dislike it tremendously. Yeah, you know, and then I, I will do everything we can to make it a more comfortable experience for everyone, knowing that what we are try- aiming for is you getting the gig, mm-hmm. which means we have to present in a certain way. How can actors, most casting directors, I would say, oh, listen, how can newer actors get on your radar? How do you meet actors that you don't already know, but you? do more outreach than anybody through all of these inclusion programs that you're doing. How can actors learn more about your inclusion programs? Uh, so it's always a, a tough question because what I want to say is just find me. If you want to reach me, find me. And, 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 and I'm, I'm very forthcoming in saying that you can, you can find me if you need to track me down and you want to like hit me up with your headshot, your postcard, whatever it is. Not postcards because I move around a lot. I'm never mm-hmm. in the same space. So I, I do not have a permanent uh, postal code, so zip code. So, you know, so that becomes difficult. But, but I say track me down. But when... But knowing that I say this to every single person I meet and have been saying it for 16 years, be mindful of the incoming for me. You know, it's, it's like I love people to stay on my radar, but in, not in my time, just, just they can reach out. I just, if, I write, if it's something that requires me to engage back, I don't have yeah, the time in the right. day to do it. I'm so busy with work and CSA and kids right. and my life, you know. So when an actor will reach out and say, I just have a couple of questions, I say, you and 16,000 other people have a couple of questions for yeah. me. I have my top 30 for today that I need to answer in order to carry on being a casting director in order to hire you. Yeah. If I respond to you and start engaging with all of you, I won't have a job right. or I'll get fired and then, we, then we're all out yeah. of luck. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Know? Does the CSA have a Facebook page that has a list of upcoming events? So we do. So we do. We have an a inclusion and diversity page, CSA inclusion and diversity page, which, um, which has a list of all of our... Well, it, 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 we, we promote whatever events are coming up. Um, the other one is we also have a non-profit division of uh, Casting Society of America. It's called Casting Society Cares. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a webs, uh, a Facebook page for Casting Society Cares. And that's a really cool opportunity to go on and see what we're up to, working with different communities. We do things like Heal the Bay and we do AIDS walks and we do a whole, we do a lot of those kind of outreach programs as well, which, which we, cool. which we love doing. Yeah. And it's, and, 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 and many of those are opportunities for actors to get involved and just meet and, you know, clean up a beach together. And it's like, that's that relationship building that we really want to, it's peer work. What a great you know? idea. So, you know, so, so that and then, yeah, and then the inclusion and diversity page, which we are always posting stuff on, you know. Excellent. Some of the listeners of this podcast, probably three of them, are talent reps. <laughs> okay. Talent reps are always seeking to have relationships with casting, just the same way actors are seeking to have relationships with casting. Do you have any thoughts for agents and managers to make your job a little bit easier? So that you enjoy hearing from them a little bit more. So there's a couple of things like like back in back in the day when I started and I had all the free time in the world when you and I met and just mm-hmm. went to lunches back then. Yeah. Um, when I had time to go to lunch with everyone, I, I did. I made it a deal that once a month I'd go to lunch with a rep um, to start those relationships, and then somewhere work happened and mm-hmm. a career and kids happened and then and then I stopped doing that which I think I, which I would encourage reps and, and myself to myself. to keep doing that mm-hmm. to, to make sure that you are are, are f- 
having face-to-face, starting face-to-face relationships um, would be one of the things that I just wish we'd spend more time doing, not only with actors, but but just going back in time to, to what it is we do, you know. I would love to see that happen. Um, and at the same time, I, I would love to see really knowing how fast technology is knowing that 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 reps and managers have the ability to submit so many people so quickly like i would like i want to say get on the phone and have a conversation about the roles and the actors they have in their camp but there's so much incoming that we've lost the ability to do that Mm -hmm. but being mindful when submitting of that old way of doing it right. and go, is this really the person for this? Smart. Is yeah. there a question that I have about this? They said like 25 to 35. Is it really that? And, and, and reach out and, and ask for updates. You know, the thing about the, the technology of it all is that breakdown or that brief or whatever it is goes out. And by Tuesday after it going out on Friday afternoon, that brief is completely different. That breakdown, it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. We're looking for something completely different. And the agents, and we don't have the time to let everyone know and the agents and managers don't know so they're still on it we've got the perfect guy we've got the perfect guy you have to see so and so and so and so and so and so and I'm like oh I I'm so adamant that my office keeps the agents informed they call and the office says that role's gone away this role we not you know I mean as, as I try and relay as much of that information as quickly as possible so people are not wasting their times and spinning their wheels in a completely incorrect direction um yeah, I don't know if it's a tip for the agents and managers. No, that's I, certainly I, 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 is. I wish. I wish. I think it's being mindful of 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 who gets Submitting submitted. You know, just, just go right go like go like. Okay, I see this breakdown. Let me pretend I'm actually at lunch with Russell. Mm-hmm. Never met him in my life, but I'm sitting across the table from him, and 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 let me look into his eyes and be like, this is the person who I think is right for this, and this is why, and then really pitch those people yeah. as opposed to like click, sixteen hundred submissions. And Agreed. I'm like, Whoa. Right. Also, some of the things I've understood from casting directors doing this podcast is when an agent blankets their entire client list to you for uh, a role, which half of them may or may not be right for, and you take a chance and bring someone in and they're completely wrong, it means you have to question whether or not you can trust that talent rep's decision-making skills on on how well they know their actors yeah i wish i mean i wish that we uh, there's there's the volume is so great now that i don't actually get to do that a lot where i'm like oh this is not the right person for the role it's got to the point now where i'm like this person is not ready to be in my room and that's the problem got it is 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 when i have someone submitted they come in and they're not ready to be in an audition for a network series like that's when i go what is happening on the Mm -hmm. other end you know that's when i really you have to question what's going on. People have bad days. People have really shitty days. I, right. I totally you can understand. see the difference. I can tell the difference. You yeah. know, when, when someone is not ready, I'm like, what is happening within at that yeah. company? And actors, I really want you to listen to that point because I, I was one of those actors who from the moment I was born thought I was ready and I haven't been ready until three or four years ago. And because we want it so bad, it's hard to see ourselves objectively and realize just because you you might be a very very talented actor does not mean that you are ready for the pressure of being in a room with complete strangers performing your top at a 
at a moment's notice and then going to set. I mean, I think you should really pace yourself. It's, it's for me, pay your dues, pay your dues, do the work and pay your dues. Like we've all, like for those of us who have been lucky enough to have some sort of success in the business, we have, we all came from sweeping stages and begging and, and wondering if it was ever going to happen. Like, like I think for the most part, we, we all have been in the same place at some point in our careers, you know? Um, And it's important to remember that and, 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 and that thing about the star media like go go like like no one there's very few overnight successes you the people who are extremely successful have done it slowly and methodically and done the work Mm -hmm. and put in the time and not tried to do something in a hurry or in a rush or just become that overnight success you know i think that it's I, i i encourage actors to Think of the the the, the most famous, the, the the actor that they want to be and the the, the A list actor that they aspire to have the same career as, and then go on IMDb. The only time you should go and look at the star meter and scroll down to that actor's first credit mm-hmm. and look at the year that it was and what the role is. Right. And it was gentleman number one, Absolutely. and it is like forty fifty years ago. Right, like that's how those actors started their careers. Right, that's so smart. Because I was just going to jump in, right? It's it's taxi driver or or waiter. Correct. It's typically not going to have its own name. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, so so often it's like this uncredited role, you yeah. know, and then boom, and it's so and so, you know. I love that. Not too long ago, I was hired for a series for a, one episode, and I was very excited about it. And the casting office went to check my clearance with SAG make sure I was a paid up member and found out that I wasn't, I thought I was, but I wasn't. And I got a, you know, an email from my agent saying, who did you didn't get cleared? Like, can you fix this immediately? Is which I did, but is that a very scary moment for you when you've brought somebody in and everybody has signed off and then you find out that they're, not a paid up member of SAG and you're not sure if they're going to be? So not, not no, the, the short answer is no, because, because that's, we've always been able to clear it up. Like there's never been oh, a circumstance. There's been one, which I'll get into in a second, but in terms of SAG, um, anyone who hasn't paid their dues, generally it's a, it's a quick clearance. I had one experience where I'd been fed misinformation by the agent and manager, and, and not only were they not in SAG, they were not a legal resident of this country. Oh, wow. And, wow. and, and we had got all the way to a major sign-off to find out that, oh, they also needed a visa, which we were not told. <sighs> um, and and, and, and that, that, was, that was a scary moment where it was like it had taken a very, very long time to find this kid, um, and, and, and the... the, the the, sometimes the the agent's abilities to to leave information out uh, at the right time mm-hmm. can cost not us uh, us a lot of time and our relation and cost us our relationships. You know, I can imagine. So, I mean, they, do they look at you like that's your fault? You should have vetted this. Yeah, I mean, there was a there was a big part of that, but more than that was was this. There's something that that the agents knew would not be fixable. Um, that that we all wanted to fix, and mm-hmm. it was too late. You know, and wow. it's kind of like it's it. For me, it's the same as you, like being honest is so important in this business. Like mm-hmm. I understand trying to get the money and get the job done or whatever it is, but but like that agent, I've never trusted that agent again. You wow. know, and that's that yeah. becomes a thing. You know, and that's sad because yeah. um, that that represent that that's reps doing their jobs in some way. But I'm just like, be honest. Let's be honest Absolutely. about. Absolutely, no, it I, is, it, it's know. not appropriate at all. 
So. You know, and that and that goes back to what we were talking about about blanketing submissions and wasting uh, casting directors' time and resources. Is you have to trust the people you're working with, otherwise you can't work with them. That's yeah. a, that would happen in any business. Yeah. You know, if I bought everything here is basically from IKEA because I'm cheap. And I don't know how to put it's anything good. together. Good, yeah, pretty awesome. <laughs> but if if everything I sat on here, all my chairs fell apart, I would certainly not go back to IKEA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's so much that. And 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 you know, I've been around for a, quite a while now, and I've I've seen bad agents become good agents. I've seen the actors who I didn't think were ever going to make it become mm-hmm. terrific actors. This That's business nice. is fluid and it's changing, and we have to yeah. allow it to change, you know. And I think that when it's the same as as as, as we hear, uh, we have a bad report about an actor who's in a lot of trouble right now, or whatever it is. And I'm like, I'm always the first person to to give that that person a second chance. As much as we are all playing in the sandpit, um, the the stress that does come out of being in this creative field does make us do crazy things sometimes and yeah. i think that there should be a little bit of an allowance for that within reason you know yeah. to go like like air, people people change like things change circumstances change you know relationships change yeah. um and i think that that's important to to every now and then revisit that uh, actors always like do you have a, like a list of people that you don't bring in or that that blacklist you know and I'm like oh I don't have time I don't have time to blacklist <laughs> yeah. actors like and I wouldn't do it anyway because yeah. it's going to change like like if if that was the case six months ago it's not today you right. know and I get over stuff like it's like like we should all just get over yeah. whatever it is you know I've had we've all had some fallouts we've all had some run-ins with people that we loved or didn't love or thought were wrong or knew were wrong and um and I'm 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 always the first one to try to just put that let that all of that go and be like, but it's a yeah. new day, it's a different day, and we're working at, for a different circus right now. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, brilliant. You know me pretty well, so you I I know that you would call me in for a role that you feel I'm right for. But if you didn't know me and you were just going off the headshot and maybe a pitch from an agent, and it was for. Uh, a Russian-speaking villain, and I got the appointment. And I thought, I, I can't do that. I don't want him to see me in that in a bad light as a bad actor. Would you rather have the actor pass on the audition, or would you rather have the actor come in and just try it because it was your idea and there's a reason you had the idea? Oh, that's a because sometimes when I pass, I feel like. Uh, I want to be, you know, it's a really, like, like, like I know my answer to it. It just brings up a, a number of things for me. I, I want, I want, I, I, I want you to pass, but I want to know why. Got like, it. and I want to make sure that the reps are very clear about what it is. Like if mm-hmm. I have, if, if a rep said to me, he, like, he's not really comfortable coming in for this role because he doesn't think he's going to nail it for you. Like, I need to know that information. It cannot just be a pass, you know? Yeah. And then I say it because, because like, in the world of diversity right now, I'm having people say, I don't have a, 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 a certain accent. And so I don't feel comfortable coming in a room and putting on that accent mm-hmm. um, when I know that there are a lot of people uh, uh, actors in town who could do that accent and authentically do that accent yeah. way better than me and I have so much respect for that I believe actors are actors and they should be able to do everything but in, right now where we are in terms of the lack of acknowledgement of diversity yeah. it's time to not be doing that right. you know yeah. um, and 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 
I ha- had an actress who said, I'm, I'm sorry, it was a, for a, a major, major recurring role. And the actress said, I, I'm not comfortable doing the accent. And I, that spoke volumes to me. And, and that was all that was said. And, and she was definitely could have been the right actress for the role. We loved her. But she, she didn't feel comfortable. And mm-hmm. I have continued to bring her in now. And she's doing incredible work right now. Um, unaccented work. Yeah. You know, but 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 she really became like like I think of her first and foremost because there was because she was honest. Yeah. Oh, that's know? awesome. It goes back to what you've been saying this whole time about yeah. honesty. Yeah. And another actor question I have is if an actor has a cold when you've called them in, the flu. <laughs> yeah. Should they still come in and perform or should they should the reps let you know they're not feeling well? And they come in later when they're not. Sick. I think you know. I think that's the answer. I think the answer is just, just, just let us know. You know, especially with me with kids, I'm just like, oh, please don't get me sick. And I'm yeah. not like I'll hug people that walk in the room. I'm huggy, yeah. shaking hands. I'm like that guy, like leaps into your space yeah. if you come in the room. You know, um, so I don't want you to be sick. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. And, and it's also and also for me like. When you come in the room and you're like, oh, I'm really not feeling myself today. I don't know what I'm watching. I don't know if I'm watching you, like struggle through. Like, like I'd rather see your best work. Right. You Agreed. Know? And also, if they're if they're sick at the audition, they're probably going to be sick on set, and yeah, you maybe. can't do that to everybody. No, maybe. And I'm just like, it's not even so much about that. I just like to like just like like no. You know, what I mean, I I feel like actors try and like lie their way into a room or just try and make stuff up and I'm just be honest with me like it's I don't know honesty is the topic of the day clearly but um it's you know I just think if you're sick and you then you're sick yeah you know if we really want you and we think you like if we're just doing a like and don't take this to heart everyone but but if but if we really like like I know you right now bring you in for all and I think this is the fit and I've known you for a while I've been waiting to find this thing for Seth and then this this big guest star role this recurring role comes in and I'm like and and Seth's rep says I'm not feeling he's not well today I'll be like totally fine I will let me know when he's feeling better depending on the time frame if we have to turn this over by tomorrow and they're shooting Friday sorry but we have to move on you know but if I think you're right for it and I have the uh, luxury of doing another session or giving it a minute you know I'll I'll definitely do that yeah you know excellent but again that's all about the relationship right without the relationship like it's it's it becomes a little harder yeah but you want to be remembered for doing a good job and not getting everybody sick in in general anyway yeah dude you've done such a good job today on this podcast I want to acknowledge you have so much integrity. You have so much love for this business and the people in it on all sides of the table, on all ends of the camera. You have really made an impact in my life. And I know you've made an impact with the Casting Society of America. And I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you as a friend and as a casting director. Thank you, thank you, but that's like oh, 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 choked up now. You know, it's I, 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 I love what I, I'm so grateful for the, what I get to do within the community. You know, it's it's, it really is not about me, and I, and I just I I, 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 I'm doing all of this work for my kids. You know, mm-hmm. and because I do believe that we live in a medium that can really change children's perceptions, people's perceptions, and I think that that by embracing this industry and, and, and doing all of this work, I'm giving a, a generation of kids. It's just, it, it just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 
blessed with an opportunity to maybe just change a small part of the world. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is nothing to do with me. It is everything to do with this unique position that I've found myself in that I'm so grateful for and, and, and will continue doing this kind of work for because I believe in it so much. And there we have it. Another great episode. Thanks to our guests for being so generous. Thanks to you for listening and being a part of this community. This has been brought to you by Obsessed.com. Please check it out for fun videos and updates. And don't forget to find something that you're obsessed with.